you actually uh, prepare for for the extreme like like you guys are experiencing now roll it how often we're not prepared for the extreme until it hits us technical equipment that you have at your church is it storm ready if we would just as a church work together and to do better i think that this is one of those places where this could be the greatest thing Hello world, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the place for church, tech, creativity, and all things awesome. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. It's time to level up. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Blessing Mbofu. And Phil Schneider is, hopefully, comes around here sometime. I know that everyone's ears are just itching, just itching <laughs> to hear the the silky smooth vocals of one Phil Schneider. In time. Be patient. In time. Probably should get Doctor to check that out. Pro- probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, boy. Silky smooth. Silky smooth. Well as um as I, I find myself in the uh in the path of Hurricane, is it Florence? I think so. Hurricane Florence. It hasn't hit yet, so we don't actually know how how bad it may or may not be. But as we record this, um, the the idea of of storms is kind of front and center uh, of mind for some strange reason. Um, we were just kind of talking about it in regards to church, right? And of course, when you think of church in preparation for storms, the first thing you think of is like, you know, is there a way you can serve the community? Can people come in? You know, how can, you know, can you put together a team that, you know, goes check on the elderly or cleans people's yards or, you know, it, there's all kinds of different kind of natural disasters from tornadoes to floods to hurricanes to w- whatever it may be. There's a lot of cool ways that the church can immobilize, not only as a body of volunteers, but also as a building, an establishment, a place that people can can come and be safe or, or serve the community and, and be a central location for that. And those are definitely, definitely top of mind. Um, but what we, we want to talk a little bit about is, you know, like, what do you do to protect your tech gear? Are you protecting your tech gear? Like, I'm thinking, like, battery backups, stuff like that. And then the Blessing begin to talk a little bit about personal experience with some of this as well. So it's an interesting thing. Is your technical equipment that you have at your church, is it storm ready? Are you mindful of that? What do you do around stormy seasons? These are some things that you should definitely consider. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about, uh, I mean, I was thinking about you guys and what's happening there with the storms. And I was actually reminded of, um, that's that's some old, right? Like, you know, I remember her time. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) it escalates quickly, blessing. It'll start happening more and more. What you really have to watch out for blessing is when you begin to repeat the same story over and over. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So I don't think that's where it gets dangerous. So, so okay. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So we had, we had a, so we get very, very heavy rains if it if we get a good rainy season. So, um, and usually what happens is sometimes you don't know that you've got a leak in the roof or a leak has uh, has developed until it starts raining. Um, I mean, of course, there are ways of finding out. You know, you could kind of check your roof before the rainy season comes in. But we had this situation once where it started raining over our sound, like exactly where the sound uh, uh where the board is set up where like our sort of our production center and um 
Oh yeah. And so like the mental picture of water dropping from the ceiling, mm -hmm. hitting a soundboard, like it just, it makes me cringe all over. Yeah. So, I mean, but we've had that, you know? And, uh, so little things like that, uh, just really make me think about how often we're not prepared for the extreme until it hits us. Uh, and, and, uh, and yeah, so, so I was just, I was just thinking that obviously, I mean, like you've said, this is actually a very um, timely thing, but there's also small habits that I think uh, I adopted in some sense. Um, for instance, making sure that everything is on a surge protector. Um, and, and in some instances, I actually, where I can or where I could just became very paranoid and just made sure that nothing was ever plugged in, even if the switch was right. off. Well, you know, and that's important because a lot of times, you know, it can jump, it can jump a strip, right? And so having it completely unplugged is the way to go. I remember several years ago, probably at least 10 years ago, I was prepping for a hurricane that was that was hitting hitting Virginia, and I had to prep the studios for, for the, the storm that was coming, and I had plastic and you know, covering all the gear so that if, you know, the, the roof leaked or anything like that happened, the, the gear would be gear would be safe. And that was one of the steps that, that we took, and that was to unplug everything. So nothing was, you know, plugged into the wall whatsoever. Um, and it's interesting because I, I remember uh, the, the, the church in Italy, I told them, I was like, hey, guys, you, uh, you need a surge protector. And they're like, what well, we do? We have, a power, we have that power strip. It's like, oh, no, that... That's just a power strip. That's not a surge protector. This is oh. this is not the same thing. And so I think that that is something that you should always double check as well, especially if if you don't know the difference between a power strip and a power and a surge protector. Like, look into that. So you know, at a glance, you might say, "Oh, yeah, it, it's covered." Well, no, it's not. Also, depending on how expensive your board is, simply having a surge protector, um, simply, <laughs> you, you might want to consider something a little bit more robust. Uh, like a battery backup. Like my computer here has a battery backup. You go, well, I don't need a battery backup. If the power goes off, I don't need a battery backup. I understand that. And you may not need a battery backup for the, if the power goes off. The reason why you have a battery backup is so that when there's a lightning strike or there is a brownout or something to that effect, what it does is the battery backup keeps that line signal, that power, even keeled, right? So if there's a dip in the power, it doesn't draw on your soundboard and if there's a pop like uh, an extra burst of electricity because the power came back and there's a surge right you like a surge protector yeah but there's there's a subtle surge that won't trip, trip a, a surge protector and that battery backup um if if you have if if you have the, the right kind they're not all created equal if you have if you have a good one there uh, that's rated for your device and everything it will keep that steady so if there's a surge it'll even it out and that protects your gear as well and, and not even to the point of, you know, I'm not even saying it it won't break, like it'll stop it from breaking. I'm talking about the health of it. Like a surge protector, yeah, it'll stop it from frying it completely, or at least it should. But a battery backup that that, that deals with surge will also keep your gear healthy. Uh, and this is really important for areas that maybe have a lot more, you know, lightning, a lot a lot more kind of fireworks in, in that sense, where you're trying to actually have a service. Because ultimately, you know, I recommend, like you said, Blessing, just keeping that thing plugged, unplugged all week, right? Only plug it in on Sunday when you need it. But you have a Sunday service. It's lightning outside. It's stormy. You might want to have something a little bit more robust. Ro- a little bit more robust. Yeah. The, the other thing that I'm just thinking about is 
in terms of uh, hazards besides lightning and surges is is also where do you put stuff like putting things on the floor oh good one uh, like is that is that always I, I don't I'm paranoid so <laughs> maybe some experience mm-hmm. no that's a good point I've always just you know thought mm, you know some things shouldn't stay on the floor or you put them on the floor um, because of other hazards let's say flooding happens uh, sometimes it doesn't even have to be a natural uh, you know like uh, it could just be, be plumbing yeah you know, plumbing that that happens and um i'm just or a fire for instance like mm. you know, there's a fire they 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 you know mm. they put it out yeah. it doesn't do a lot of damage per se yeah but you just toast it up your soundboard yeah right yeah so i i just um I, i'm just trying to think about how so how would i prepare like how do i actually identify those issues but that's the thing that i'm actually thinking about is how do you how do I then go about identifying the risks or potential areas of of um of risk so there's a couple of things obviously there's the practicality of it um that we need to obviously look at of um there's just things that we could fix. I also think that on the other hand that there are things that we just simply can't assume um but but obviously those are just kind of left to. Um, hopefully you've done your best and kind of let it be. Um, but I do think that there, there are industry standards that we could attempt to use. And so this is one of those places we talked about before where, um, if we would just as a church work together and to do better, I think that this is one of those places where this could be the greatest thing. Like what if your entire community's churches just simply kind of got together and like, what happens if literally there is no power for the entire community or there's a huge flood that happens and it takes out a bunch of churches. Like maybe this is where churches together kind of come hand in hand to not necessarily like fix each other's problems, but like point out, Hey, this is something that you guys should do. I know that we're doing this as far as prevention, because like you said, Eric, I think there's a little bit of difference. Obviously I live in Ohio. I don't have to worry about hurricanes here, um, but blizzards um, are a big deal. Literally we could have, I mean, we, I, when I was in high school and college, we had a blizzard so bad that all the ice poles um, or all the ice, hits the power lines and knocked out all the poles. There was no power for the entire state for a day. I think it was, or at least half a day. Um, And our area was at least a week without power. And so obviously that affects church. Um, And was there some things that as a community, we could have done better uh, to do, to be able to protect our church. Now I wasn't necessarily doing church tech at that time. So I didn't have to worry about it, but had I been in church tech, I wouldn't have necessarily assumed that. And I wouldn't have known how to handle that. And so that's Uh, a part where if your church is to come together to be able just to coordinate, Hey, what would you guys do if something like this happened? Have you guys thought about this and kind of just team up uh, together? Cause this isn't a us versus them kind of mentality. This uh, is we all need to be, working at this together mentality. Yeah, I, I really like that on, on multiple levels, whether it be churches coming together and saying, you know, using your example, there's a big blizzard. What can we do? What should we look out for? What have you experienced? And that goes from serving the community, right, at the highest level, all the way down to the church tech guys talking about it, 
hey, you know, what do you do in this situation? Right? Is there something that we're missing or we should be thinking about? And that can't happen, right? Unless you're 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 intentionally meeting together and having these conversations, right? Um, you know, how can you reach your community or collaborate if you're not meeting at least once a year just to kind of review whatever yeah, plan that absolutely. you may have put together, right? We, 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 we've, um, I don't know how regulations work uh, in, in different states or countries, but the other thing that we constantly have to do is, um, for instance, make sure that our fire extinguishers are serviced and all that. And, uh, and every now and then, uh, I mean, it's a good thing we had relationship with, I mean, you know, built relation on, on some of the outreaches, built relationship with the local fire department. So basically you could say to them, Hey, can you just come and walk through and tell me what you see in terms of, in terms of, um, potential risk? Um, and, and that often helps, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I think that's, um, maybe, maybe also just thinking about the experts you have in, in, in your church or your community. So, uh, from electricians to people who do disaster management, uh, um, I don't know if you have any like volunteer call, uh, you might have that in your city, but the thing, yeah, but I mean, it's, I think it's definitely worth thinking about like what experts do I also have in my community that I could just draw some wisdom from as well. At the very least you have business owners, right? You have people that are in the community. I, I mean, I'm even thinking of like the idea of a movie theater, movie theater owner probably has very similar yeah. um, issues or concerns or setups. And I'm thinking about the one in my hometown, whenever I, um, I was growing up very small church or a uh, movie theater. Um, definitely the movie theater that got all the movies six to eight weeks after they had been released and they're charging two bucks and they're charging uh, four bucks for a tub of popcorn kind of church or a movie theater. But at the same time, that's kind of how the churches were too. Literally it's the super small church that um, they're not going to have a check-in system for another 10 years before it's like super financially possible. And they're not going to necessarily invest in something until like it's way past due for it to happen and to be able to mm-hmm. have that, have those resources um, are absolutely needed, but they could connect with the movie theater. In fact, I think if I'm understanding correctly, that's what they did was um, the movie theater owner uh, was part of one of the churches and kind of met with one church. And then one church is very much, focused on helping all the other churches in the community. And so they, they pushed that. They wanted to help that. And that's excellent. That's an excellent thing. And, you know, again, this isn't something that you can do, you know, a few days before a disaster or in the middle of a disaster. These are things that you have to be proactive about. Um, you know, th- this, you know, this, this particular national disaster got us thinking about it, but, um, you know, hey, maybe it'll get you thinking about it, and you can, you can kind of head head that up in your community and get churches talking and getting on the same page for you know when something does happen in your community, the churches can team together and come up with solutions and share resources and thoughts and ideas, and um, from from the tech team to the uh, you know Meals on Wheels, 
all the bases are covered. And, and if this ends up starting a conversation for you guys, don't let it stop at natural disasters. Like my, my you guys yeah. sort of talk about natural disasters. My terrible mind went to like what happens. My experience with churches and church tech is I'm one of the last people that leaves the church and they always leave yeah. the entire church unlocked. And how many times can people just kind of walk in and be like, Ooh, oh boy, there's a presentation uh, computer that's is easy to swipe. I'm going to go ahead and take it. Like, what do you have in place to help prevent some, or at the very least, discourage something like that? And what happens if somebody does decide to take some stuff? I know many places where soundboards were swiped, and uh, what, what do you have in place? At the very least, insurance, and at the very most, like security cameras or um, a backup plan if something utterly fails that you're not going to have it for the church service well good stuff uh if anyone has any thoughts or ideas and you'd like to contribute to the conversation as always use the hashtag cmagcast or send us an email or a soundbite or something uh at podcast at churchmag that's podcast at churchm.ag and we will cover it on an upcoming episode because we like to hear from you Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. I took an hour and a half nap. Dang, that's almost too long, dude. Oh no, it was yeah. nice. I'm jealous. You're supposed to not exceed 20 minutes. Says who? Says who? Read, the nap have police? You, have you not, have you, exactly. Have you not read all the internet studies? <laughs> I mean, there's studies out there, but... Um, I love how I said... Oh, <laughs> I love how I said, well, the, the nap police, and you're like, exactly... <laughs> <laughs> they exist. Yeah, it's just just naturally. <laughs> part of the rebellion, people. It's it's a thing. <laughs> Jeremy's part of the napping rebellion. <laughs> uh, this is escalating. My, I will get my Z's. Say that again. Me, I will do, don't Michael Hyatt me. I will take my naps how I want to take them. You know that's right. <laughs> Michael Hyatt talking about the like super power nap. Power to the nappers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, none of that stuff ever worked for me. Which naps stuff? In general? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the nap stuff. Oh, I yeah. the whole even, power even of the, the one that Michael Hyatt um, uh, recommends. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like an advanced nap? I mean, really? Like, can you really? Uh, can you? Over- says, there's, there's, there's like there's like there's like the highest level. And then one up is the Michael Hyatt level. That's like the level of all levels. Um, yeah, that's when you know you made it as a napper. When you've done a Hyatt nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> I believe in the power of the nap. It's just I'll never take the time to take them usually, but I really do believe in yeah. them. They are powerful mm. things. Yeah. Well. Yeah, about an hour and a half, but an hour and a half—an hour and a half—that's like a whole night's sleep. What I want to go to bed now. What I want to know, Jeremy, Jeremy. is that 
Do you have to have a long nap to be part of the Napper Rebellion, or does it? Can you just have any length of nap that you want? Someone's starting to ask way too many questions, and I feel like I'm stifled a little bit. So I'm okay. just have to. I'm just curious of joining. We're just asking for a friend, right? That's what the napping empire would ask. So I think maybe we just need to move on. I think. I think. <laughs> I am Darth Hyatt. <laughs> you shall only take a 20 minute nap <laughs> no not it'd be a <laughs> that's what it is give it to the dark side Jeremy yeah, and back. wake do not exceed 20 uh, minutes you must <laughs> <laughs> He pulls out his crazy. light, his 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 alarm saber. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as you duel for the snooze button. All right, cool. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. Mm-hmm. 